Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Penny and I were at the 2023 NBA Draft Amway Center watch party Thursday night. It did not go how we wanted it to. Far from it. I did predict that we would draft Anthony Black, Kobe Bufkin, and that we would dump the 36th pick. Pretty close to a perfect prediction on my part. Um, I just picked the wrong Michigan Wolverine. We took Anthony Black 6th and then Jet Howard at 11. We're not happy. Uh, I wanted Cam Whitmore or Taylor Hendricks at 6. I thought there were other options at 11, or you could even trade back if you really wanted Jet Howard. I didn't want to do an immediate pod recording to react to how the draft went. I wanted to give us time to think it over and react. I'm still thinking Weltham made mistakes. Time will tell. This, This is the fun thing about this. Plus, there's not much time to dwell on this because we have contract decisions on some current roster guys now, and free agency is starting shortly. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on the 7'6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right, we are recording this Sunday evening, June 25th. Uh, We've had a few days to ponder and think over our uh, opinions on what the Magic did Thursday night for the 2023 NBA draft. Uh, I guess I'll lead into during kind of the day and then leading into the actual evening of of Thursday. But, you know, on draft day, Cam Whitmore stock had dropped him to around ninth when it came to most of the mock drafts because of supposed bad medical report well only got worse for Whitmore once the night actually arrived because Houston ended up getting him at 20th so they draft drafted Amen Thompson and then they picked up Cam Whitmore at 20th no one still definitively uh, can't even talk right now it's Sunday Uh, I'm not even drunk uh no one can still definitively know what the red flags were with Whitmore some are saying there's like a long-term cartilage concern with like his leg or legs then people said he'd didn't care enough during the draft process. Like he didn't have great workouts. The information's kind of weird. Um, I think that guy's going to prove a lot of folks wrong. And, you know, the rumor mill was linking Orlando to Anthony Black at six, uh, you know, within the last you know, 48, 24 hours leading into the draft, which I thought was a smoke screen to entice the Wizards or Jazz to trade up with us. Um, but, just about every mock draft had us taking black at six. So there you go. And then you had the Jordan pool CP three trade that really kicked the afternoon off Uh pool is now in our division. He's with the wizards. Uh, so they have like a Tyus Jones, Jordan pool backcourt, which is interesting. Uh, maybe they'll move off of Tyus Jones, to try and pick up like a first or something. Uh, Cause that guy's really good, but he's like 27 and, uh, I don't think he's the right age for a rebuild situation, but I guess we'll see. Plus, now you have now you kind of no now you can throw in Bilal Kulabali, who they got in the draft, so that rebuild is off to an aggressive start, but uh, not not a bad start for the Wizards. All right, let's get to the draft party, Penny. So, yep, um, there were bad, there were very bad thunderstorms throughout 
the day and then throughout the whole week, honestly, like it's, it's been a very bad weather period. Like I, I wouldn't want to be somebody trying to fly in and out of Orlando during the week, but um, it probably dissuaded a lot of folks from going to the Amway center Thursday night. But I mean, I'd say it was still a decent crowd, but just not as many folks as last year when we had the number one pick. Would you agree there, Penny? Yeah, certainly compared to last year, uh, a lot less hype and attendance. But uh, to your point, given the weather, I thought uh, pretty good showing by Magic fans coming out to the arena. Yeah, also they didn't like section off or block off or open up, I guess, half of the lower bowl or half of the lower concourse like they did last time. Um, so you could tell they didn't put as much effort into it because we, we didn't have the number one pick. I guess I get that, but... Um, I thought we'd be there till like 10 o'clock that night to get to 11th pick, but I think people follow, were able to file out at like 920. So that really wasn't bad for folks who, you know, had to work or get up early the next day. But um, we won some free stuff again. So uh, you got a T-shirt, I believe. Uh, yeah. And then I got a Paolo Rookie of the Year 8x10 photo. We just had to give a lot of information and our kidneys and stuff for it. But um you know, I wanted that Palo eight by ten actually, and I think they were charging like ten bucks on the on in the team store. So to get that free, it's it's pretty nice. So I'll I'll take that. But uh, did you keep it crisp and uh, wrinkle free? I way? did. It okay. um, it's yeah. pretty good. I haven't stored it with my other yeah. uh, magic photos or magic posters or any of that yet. But uh, it's pretty pristine. So uh, yeah, it worked out. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't bend it, and uh, thankfully there wasn't any rain on the way out uh, like yeah, there was going done. in. So I'll take that. But uh, the streak does live on for me as far as trivia goes because you and I both finished top 10 in the Magic app uh, trivia competition. The app was very glitchy. It uh, it skipped over questions before you and I, when we were trying this, even had like a second to look at them. But we finished top 10. Uh, we should be getting magic draft hats in the mail soon. I don't like the font on the draft hats, but it's a free hat. I'm not going to complain. Um, I, I don't you know. know Can, yeah. yeah I, I have a lucky street while both of us do uh, in terms of winning things. I have one hat in my hat rotation right now, which is uh, unfortunately, I mean, it's a cool hat, but it's a New York Knicks hat that I won from NBA Twitter uh, several years ago. Some I despite uh, what the magic draft hat looks like, I'm excited to have a magic hat that hopefully uh, both fits my head and can replace the Knicks hat to wear moving forward. I don't think it's a one size fit hall hat. I think it's actually a snapback because the guy the the our draft picks had a yeah. snap uh, snapback. So and Anthony Black needed it for his hair for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it. I think it worked out the trivia because at like once the draft started, they didn't show the trivia because it was one of the like last year, everybody had to be on at the same time to do the trivia. This time they only posted like the, the QR code, like a couple times in there and you could just do it at your own time pace, whatever. But it, I don't, they didn't leave it up very long. And you and I were probably one of the few people actually looking out for it. So even though, I know I didn't do well in trivia in the trivia. I know you didn't, you know, you said you didn't do well because half of it was we well, 
half of it was we missed like half the questions, honestly, because they they were skipping through because the app was so glitchy. But it worked out. We finished top 10. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah, this year was interesting. Not only the trivia, but a lot of the other giveaway stuff. You really had to be uh, watching the Jumbotron and on the lookout for the QR codes. Um, they, they didn't seem to publicize things as easily. But uh, the facts are the facts. You you don't want to go up against either one of us in a trivia competition, magic trivia competition, especially at a draft party. <laughs> Definitely, for sure. So the drafting itself, uh, the magic on their Twitter account released photos of our draft war room at the Advent Health Training Center. And let's just say a Jamal Mosley meme will live on <laughs> forever from it because he's he's basically kind of in the corner of the table kind of separated from the people around him looking very unhappy. And that proved to be ominous because that was basically my, uh, my look after the draft, but um, I'm so getting the actual draft itself. So obviously Victor went first. Uh, He deserves, you know, as much coverage as, as he got, it got a little annoying from the, cause it felt like it took 20 minutes from (laughs) the first, from when the pick was made to when the, the, like the second pick was finally revealed. But, um, I'm still surprised Charlotte took Brandon Miller over Scoot second, and I'm just glad we don't have to worry about Scoot Henderson in our division. Um, Hornets fans were pretty pissed off from what I saw on social media. Did you see the clip where the Hornet mascot was even like shaking his head disappointed? <laughs> I, I saw Hugo drop his head, and I have to tell you very quickly, I, I had not seen, I guess it's outside the lines, but I had not seen the Brandon Miller sit-down interview with Jeremy Schapp until post-draft. Uh, and and that was a rough one, uh, his one-on-one sit-down. So, I, you know, obviously we're not privy to, to the specifics of things, but uh, from a conscious pers- perspective, uh, it's nice that the Magic did not have to make a decision uh, that high in the draft to, you know, potentially add him to the roster. I did not see that interview, but it, yeah, I mean, I, it, it doesn't shock me. So, um, I, so how surprised were you that there wasn't a massive trade during the draft itself? Because Portland's going to keep Scoot at three. Like nobody did like a crazy jump up into the into the into the lottery. Like nobody like. The biggest trades were what Rashawn Holmes, I think, got dealt, and then Davis Bertan's contract got sent out for you know to to OKC. It was a 10-12 swap, whatever. And Dallas ended up with Derek Lively anyway. So the Mavericks had a really good draft because they got off a really shitty contract. But were, were you surprised that there weren't any big trades? Yeah, well, not like huge trades. I didn't. I don't think you know. I didn't really think Zion or something with de- like something like that would happen. But I am a little surprised that there weren't rotational pieces that got moved around during the draft because it felt like one of those years where uh, a lot of teams are looking to make some sort of move, and then a lot of teams are looking to make moves. Uh, you know, forward looking with the as we talked about, kind of the apron and second apron concerns yeah. coming up. Yeah, I look and I, I'm still expecting it within the next few weeks here. You know, as we get into free agency, like I it makes sense for a bunch of trades to happen. I, I'm really surprised we didn't get it on draft night, but it, it could still happen, honestly. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. So even though the crowd wasn't as big as last year, there was it was a very uh loud and you could tell the mood of the crowd after each pick. Uh so 
you know, we had the ESPN feed in there. So at least it wasn't the ABC crew. I heard the ABC feed was terrible. So I'm glad, you know, even though there were some complaints with the ESPN feed, how they don't really go over like basketball impacts or like NBA team impacts on picks and stuff like they like the interviews with the parents were pretty was great like Monica McNutt did an awesome job interviewing like players and and parents and stuff but like I I just want more basketball stuff actual analysis and like hey how does this guy fit or what does this mean for this team that this guy got picked and stuff like that but um you know I it, it could have been it could have been worse uh like, you know, we could end up with the fat Joe and Stephen A, like I said, yes, ABC <laughs> feed. But uh, anyway, all right. Magic fans, it seems like we're overall happy that both the Thompson twins went off the board at four and five. I know on Twitter there was a pretty large contingent of Magic fans that wanted a Thompson twin at six. But uh, I thought Amway Center crowd was pretty happy that they weren't available to us at six. Um, but the Magic, they took Anthony Black at six. They're... There was surprise and then booze in the building. I did predict we would take Anthony Black at six. I didn't want us to, but I predicted that we would. The betting odds in the mock drafts had had us taking him at six, so there wasn't any hush-hush secrets. There, we, there weren't any fast ones we were able to pull this year. I'm not thrilled. Um, Anthony Black reminds me of a taller elf for Peyton in many bad ways, uh, and I was in the locker room for – all of Alfred Payton's magic years, I believe. So, you know, shooting similar defensive potential, you know, is fine. Whether that potential gets realized, we're going to see the hair. It's going to be a problem, especially as a bad shooter. You can't have that hair. I, I think um, their shyness and personality kind of seem a little similar to me um, with black. He can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, he can't shoot. Like he's decent in the mid range. He he can get to the rim in the free throw line. That's that's fine. But that's college. We can see. We'll see how he does in the league. But supposedly he has like the highest basketball IQ in the lottery, or in some save in the draft. That's what Jeff Weltman was saying and preaching a lot. Like this kid's really smart on the court. He was really durable at Arkansas. He led the SEC in minutes played. He played hurt, uh, which a lot of people like. Um, He's six foot five and three quarters without shoes. That's what he measured the draft combine. So he's a legit six, seven in basketball shoes. He's got a six foot seven and a half wingspan. So, okay. I would say there, uh, 210 pounds. He turns 20 in January. He started all 36 games at Arkansas. It was at 12.8 points per game, 5.1 boards per contest, 3.9 assists, the two point, one steals per game is uh is very noticeable black and Suggs together you know whenever you put them together in a lineup could defensively just terrorize backcourts um he's a texas kid he's a mcdonald's all-american folks tout his athleticism like there's like a lot of sports science between but you know behind like how great his vert is i think he's got like a 39 inch vert which is pretty great for a kid his size um you know, he's a big football player, like he Texas kid, so he he played multiple sports. Big time wide receiver prospect. Like there were some big time schools that wanted him for football. So uh he lived in Germany for a bit when he was young. Like that it, it a lot of boxes were checked for from a Waltham perspective. And that's why I thought they would actually pick him. But um Anthony Black's gonna wear number zero. 
I'm nicknaming him the black hole if he's truly a great defender. Uh, if he's uh, ter- if he's not and he's just a terrible offensive player or something, uh, you can call him maybe the black hole in a negative way. But um, Black Magic is also a solid nickname, I guess. Um, all right, what are your Anthony Black thoughts, be it nickname or beyond that? Yeah, well, here I'll, I'll throw one question off the top here. Yeah, uh, Alfred Payton ended up playing, I believe, three and a half magic seasons if you had to say today uh for anthony black over under on three and a half magic seasons oh oh man i mm, wow oh man what do you think it's an interesting question to ponder, right? Because presumably and hopefully, I mean, uh, we're hoping these kids succeed. Let's let's get that right. out of the way. Well, like for, we may both be all, unhappy yeah. about picks and stuff, but for, like we're still rooting for these kids to kick ass for us. On, on a personal level, you're hoping the the guy's good, uh, but second to that, you're assuming that the team will be better and will be progressively picking later uh, in the draft, right? So. Uh, in this case, and we talked about this immediately post-draft, Jalen Suggs drafted two years ago as a fifth pick, uh, Anthony Black as a sixth pick, but in the most recent draft. So what's the pecking order like there? And I know you can quibble about point guard versus shooting guard or positionless player or what have you, but uh, in my eyes, um, the the reps and the, the investment uh, it shifts more towards Anthony Black now than Jalen Suggs. Would you agree or disagree with that? Man, I, I think the biggest loser of this is Cole Anthony. And as far as you're over under on three uh, on three and a half years, yeah. I'm I'm gonna say under for the sake of it. But yeah. I I mean it's I think under is the leader in the clubhouse for a variety of reasons, including uh <laughs> flame out. And also, you know, again, asset consolidation at some point, hopefully. Um, yeah. We, I mean, it, look, with, look, with Suggs, again, it just depends on how you view Suggs because a lot of people nationally think Jalen Suggs is a point guard. I don't think so. He is a combo shooting guard. Um, he is, thankfully, and I said this, like, for Jalen Suggs to succeed with the Magic, he needs to be a shooting guard. And thankfully, they're going that route with him as this team at the moment. And we're going to see. He has a very good shot to be starter opening night. So I think this black selection is not great news for Cole Anthony because yeah, you're picking I, – I think you're drafting Anthony Black to be a point guard, whether he starts or not or whether he gets good enough to where he can play shooting guard or even small forward and, and, and be in, in certain lineups. Like you're grooming this guy to handle the ball. So – I don't think he's good enough to, to, you know, he's not anywhere near as good as Markel Fultz right now. I don't think so. But on both ends of the floor, like, I, I think unless it was Cam Whitmore at six, anyone that the Magic would have drafted, I don't think would have started out of the gate. Do you agree or disagree? Um, yeah, well, I, and unless they drafted a, a shooting guard, which, I again, I think you placed them just by virtue of the newness in front of Jalen Suggs, who has battled injury and, you know, the shooting, I guess, has come on. But uh, yeah, Anthony, I think we are plugging Black in day one as backup point guard. The hope is that he can also then be like a secondary facilitator and creator 
uh, in some of those, you know, second, third quarter, early fourth quarter lineups where maybe he's sharing time with, you know, Franz or Paolo on the floor too. Uh, I agree. I think Cole Anthony is the odd man out and maybe this is, you know, uh, not plan B, but kind of a safety plan depending on what the financial market looks like for him. And we can debate on another podcast again about how much we value uh, his locker room presence versus his on-court productivity and, you know, what the trade-off is for Cole Anthony there. The, the, what it also means, I think, is Gary Harris is 100% gone, right? Yeah, I mean, look, and the Jet Howard pick plays a big role in this. Uh, yeah. But, like, with Gary, look, we need vets, man. That's the problem, like. Gary He's got to get flipped it. for a for a big a big vet to, to, to wrap up my overall thought, yeah, yeah. which I never answered the question <laughs> on Anthony Black is, uh, I it was not the pick that I had in mind, and I I'm surprised the Magic kept six and eleven, but you have to it, <laughs> you can see the thought process. So the hope is that again potential is fulfilled and. Uh, the the crappy part about it is it's cool to have a, a take and for us to record right after the draft, but we're we're not going to know for a couple of years, right? I mean, we're he's he's got to develop, but he's got the physical tools that if he does develop, we're in a much better place with probably him at the one than you know maybe some other players in other areas. Yeah, I mean, look, he he has the natural body body to be a beast if if we build him up like the problem is he looks like he's 14 years old like it, it does <laughs> like let's be honest like he looks like he's 14 years old yeah i'm not saying that as like a, as an entire negative like the magic are looking at We're, this kid and they can well, literally build him from scratch yeah he's he's 19 and young but man are we getting old because everyone except for grady dick who still looked a little young but uh everyone in the in the league looked like uh in the draft looked like they were playing dress up they look like toddlers uh so i guess that means we're just getting older and older maybe um are you looking forward to potentially seeing eric musselman back at magic games now if he wears a shirt to the game then yes (laughs) um yeah, I mean, Musselman. For I mean, there's Magic fans that don't realize that he was a former Magic assistant decades ago now. So, um, and look, he 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 was Black's coach at Arkansas. He's still at Arkansas. Of course, he's going to rave about Anthony Black again. Like I I question the fit. Like you can't play him now as much of a shooting guard or small forward because he can't shoot. But no, you know, and I mean we can talk about it now really i mean you talk about like cole's value to the team as a leader and like a potential six man or whatnot but i mean well can i push back real quick don't lose your train of thought but (laughs) i now two three years ago did we essentially played a six foot seven non-shooter in a small forward role with michael carter williams so maybe you can uh if you want to be a 38 win team yeah, I mean, that's the thing is with these moves, it's potentially a step backwards as far as like people were talking about playoffs. And like if we're getting rid of Gary Harris, who again, it's Gary Harris and Michael Carter Williams are our only two vets on the team right now. Like that's it. So um, with Gary, it's like, 
he, I mean, he's only making $13 million in his final season. Like the magic can choose to waive him or, you know, this week, or they can, you know, involve him in a trade. Uh, it'd be great if you can trade him for, like you said, like an established backup big man, like I'm thinking Clint Capella in Atlanta. And we'll get to that later, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have much more Anthony Black thoughts at this moment um, as we're kind of going through kind of what, you know, kind of the draft thoughts and all that. But, um, yeah, let's just keep moving here and we'll, we'll we'll tie it all together probably here later. So Taylor Hendricks went ninth to Utah. You and me, Penny, are, uh, are UCF guys. So uh, the UCF contingent in the arena was happy. The first he's the first night in school history to go first round. Like Jermaine Taylor walked so Taylor Hendricks could run. You know, Jermaine Taylor, I think, was picked 32nd. You know, so he was he just missed out on being a first rounder. Um years, you know, a, 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 like a decade ago. But um Hendricks, he had by far the best draft outfit with that pink suit. Like no one had him beat. So that's how you do it, uh, fit-wise. Um that's the other issue with Anthony Black. Like he was wearing, like I, I, I question his fashion choice as well. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Magic fans inside Amway Center were, uh, were happy for Taylor Hendricks. Uh, not thrilled that he wasn't a Magic player, but um, he's he lands on a Utah team that's getting a little crowd in the front court. I mean, he's got Lori Markinen and uh, Walker Kessler. Um, but he'll he'll contribute immediately with them. But uh, did you want Taylor Hendricks at six? Here's the I guess here's the other question. Yeah. If not Anthony Black, who'd you want at six? Because I mean, I said Cam Whitmore or Taylor Hendricks. Those are the only two within that range that I wanted. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, both of the Thompson twins gone. So uh, I had all, I, I I told you before I liked Walker over Hendricks. Uh, so I probably would have gone there. Um, I think Taylor Hendricks landed in a really good basketball spot. Uh, unfortunately, also the basketball is played in Utah, which, <laughs> uh, which is very far away uh, for a kid that stayed home to go to college. I agree. Yeah, he's with like, you. A, he's, he's like, what is he? Titusville, Fort Lauderdale kid, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I think he did have the best draft outfit. Uh, my number two is, is Wembanyama, but who, who do you rank second on draft fit fashion? Uh, I can't remember all the fits now. Um, I mean, when Yama was up there, like we, the back of the, uh, of his outfit didn't do him favors. And I mean, part of that's just his physique. He's a seven foot five, really, really tall, skinny guy. And yeah, I, I think when Yama <laughs> second is pretty good, but like the back of his, his outfit made it look like it was like curtain drapes or something, but um, what more do you want the tailor to do? They're only human. Like, yeah. <laughs> Women Yama was a good yeah. is a good fashion pick though. So yeah. Um all right. There was way too much cheering for Grady Dick. And speaking of fashion. And his horrendous outfit. And oh, I'm very glad God. that the Raptors ended up picking him 13 at 13. I think Masai Ujiri might be losing his losing it a little bit. Um we'll we'll see. I know that it's I know it's stupid sound bites, uh, because everyone's talking to everyone, but did you see his uh uh, his immediate post-draft like interview where he said his number one goal was to be uh, friends with Drake. Like, no. Nothing about nothing about basketball. Like just wants to be in a Drake, wants Drake to wear his jersey, wants to be in a Drake song, wants to get Drake's cell phone number. Uh, 
just adding to 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 the reasons why again probably thankful that he was not the magic selection yeah i i think that guy's gonna bomb like it could be like Corey kispert or even worse like i i, I don't know man it could be He'll be lucky if he's Kyle. He'll be super lucky if he's Kyle Corver. Like if he's Kyle Corver, then it worked out for them. But like, I like it could be like a Jimmer Fredette like cratering. We'll see. But um, yeah, we'll see. The Magic at eleven. The Magic fans wanted Dick. They literally said, "We want Dick." Like they chanted, "We want Dick." And when it wasn't him, uh, and when it became known that it was Jed Howard. Once Adam Silver said Jed Howard's name at eleven, I almost was laugh crying when that came out when that came, name came out of his mouth, and it was a very uh, noticeable crowd reaction. Um, it was shock and then booze and and then people just storming out, like the people literally just filed out of the building immediately after that. Um, look. Juwan Howard ruined us two decades ago. Like he was a big reason why that 0304 team went to shit. Um and I, I if you're gonna take Jed Howard, I, I really think you could have traded down for him. Like I know he did that Knuckleheads podcast interview where he said like his best workouts with OKC in Toronto. I refuse to think they would have taken him at 12 or 13. Like I do. So you could have traded down for him. Like even if even if it's just for two second rounders, like the Wizards and was, the Pacers did that seven and eight swap, and Indiana only got two second round picks. That's fine. Do that. Sorry, what were you yeah, say? that was my thought. I I I had the same thought as you that he would be available later, and then I went back and looked at the trades that occurred during the draft, and really, two second round picks for a one pick move was kind of the max value. The rest was some, you know. Uh, contract jockeying and salaries changing hands but still i think it's a fair point even if it is a conditional second round pick and you know 500 grand or something like that now it's become i think a, a fair point to bring up with this basketball operations regime that they've left some value on the table in terms of you know extracting whether it be second round picks or uh, you know, targeting a guy and then taking Chumo KK, for for example, uh, targeting a guy and, and taking them so far above the range that maybe the rest of the league sees them in where, OK, now we're playing ourselves a little bit where we, we could have ended up with the same two guys and something else, whether it be, uh, I, I don't know, but, you know some more Gatorade towels or something like, like I, at like least you, something you like, you could have took in. Oh well, yeah. I mean, there, there, there's there, the big thing is salary now because yeah, like Jed Howard was mocked to go in the early twenties by a lot of people or late teens. Like the difference between 11 and 18, that's a lot of money salary cap wise. That's the other thing. So that that's my viewpoint on that. Like, it's it's salary cap negligence to have picked this guy at eleven, and it's the first father son duo we'll have had in Magic jerseys in franchise history. I believe cool. the closest the closest we got before that was Jerrion Grant, who was Horace Grant's nephew. Like that um, worked out awesome too. <laughs> yeah, very different circumstances, but yeah. Um, I look, this, I'm showing my age. Well, I'm sh I mean, I'm 35, whatever. But look, John Gabriel was in the Magic draft war room Thursday night. 
He's him signing Juwan Howard is a big reason that that 0304 team was a disaster coming off a promising kind of 03 season. Uh, you know, Drew Gooden was mentally ruined by the Juwan Howard signing. Doc got fired, and then John Gabriel himself got fired. And there we are drafting Juwan's son. Like, I don't even like did Weldham care about any of this from a history perspective? Because I would. Um, I don't care that he's the fourth Michigan Wolverine we have on the team now and that the Franz pick is, you know, obviously working out very well. Like, I don't understand the loyalty to Juwan Howard. Juwan won titles as a player in Miami and was on that heat bench as an assistant before heading off to Michigan. Jed Howard, he's supposedly 6'8", 215 pounds. We didn't see him at the draft combine. Um, he turns 20 in September. He started 29 games at Michigan this season. Um, he, you know, his it's it's always interesting when you have sons playing under their fathers, you know, because his dad coached him at Michigan. Um, supposedly, by all accounts, he coached him pretty hard. He averaged 14.2 points per game, 2.8 boards, 2.0 assists. Uh, Jet also has a bit of a football background, not as high or prestigious as Anthony Black, but um, with Jet, he supposedly played the whole second half of the college season hurt. He finished shooting 37% from three-point range, but was at about 40% earlier on in the season, which, that you know, that's great. Um, over seven three-point attempts per game, that's also you know, great. Like this, this guy can get his own shot. Like he's, he's shooting from the logo. Like he's, he's able to do kind of a lot of dribble and a lot of motion. And he's, he's able to get his three point shot off in a wide variety of, of means. The athletic Sam Vecini said that jet Howard shot the ball phenomenally in his workout with us. Uh, his quote uh, was shot the piss out of it. Um, quote unquote, but um, I don't care about the workout stuff like an empty gym with no defense, like those type of workouts, they shouldn't have that heavy of an influence. And again, we we didn't trade back when we easily could have. Um, Whitmore, Hawkins, even Kobe Bufkin were were all on the board, and we took Jawan Howard's son. Um, I don't know who at at who was available at eleven. I mean, obviously, I was begging for Cam Whitmore. Like, I don't like the guy Cam Whitmore. I said I've said it multiple times. I think Cam Whitmore was the third best draft prospect. And even if you think that he's got like cartilage leg issues, like five, 10 years down the road at 11, he's got star potential. Like the guy could be a stud. Take him. I thought Jordan Hawkins, who won national championship with UConn, he's got some Steph Curry in his three point shooting game and all that. Like he, that, that, that kid can be a pretty good two way player as well. I thought he would have been a better pick. Even Kobe Bufkin, like we, we got the less touted Michigan player at 11. Um, they were all on the board. Like I'm not a big Kobe Bufkin guy, but everybody thought Kobe Bufkin was a better prospect. Um, who are you thinking at 11 Penny? Yeah. I mean, with the way the draft was unfolding, it seemed like Whitmore would have been the, the slam dunk pick there. And, you know, maybe there's medical stuff that we're, we're not privy to. Right. But uh, I, you and I share a very similar uh, outlook on, <laughs> on Jawan Howard uh, and the damage that he did to the mag magic organization. Uh, it's a tried, uh, a, a tried and true old tale uh, on this podcast that uh, coming into the 0304 season, I thought that I projected, projected the magic would win 50 games. They won 21. Uh, I, I placed the blame squarely on Jawan Howard's shoulders. He was never a winning player. 
don't fact check that, but I don't think he was ever a winning player. No, he, he had a no. long career, but he never contributed to winning uh, and and never played, you know, never sniffed meaningful minutes and at the end to, to win a championship with Miami. So uh, not a fan thought that the draft had opened up perfectly for us to snag, you know, the falling uh, player and get a ton of praise for it. Not that that matters. Um, but the conclusion, I think, you know, if you can read the tea leaves here, the obvious one is, is Chuma is, is now screwed. Yeah. Probably no matter who got selected, but in my eyes, I feel like Caleb is also now, uh, Caleb Houston also now basically pushed out as well. Do you, do you think that this impacts him there? I mean, there's, there's a worry there. I, I do think, though, that they play a little bit different. Like, I think Caleb Houston is actually a more physical player than Jed Howard. So I think, like, I can, I think Caleb can play more of like a small forward, power forward type. Whereas Jed Howard is playing shooting guard, small forward. But the problem is, is we don't really have much playing time room. Like, literally, there's, yeah. We'll talk about it here in a, in a second. But like, you're looking at the backup small forward spot for minutes where you have like, four guys fighting for it. <laughs> like you have like jet, uh, Caleb Chuma bull bull. You can even throw Gary Harris technically there. Uh, you can throw. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like there's five zero, guys fighting for it. There's zero minutes now for, for bull bull, which could be a, a good or a bad thing, but I, it's to, good. To, Let's be honest. It's good. <laughs> okay. To wrap up on Jet, I think it comes down to this, and, and correct me if you have a differing opinion, but uh, Jeff and John identified all of those players in, in your list as shooters, one, one NBA skill, and clearly they identified Jet Howard as somebody who could be uh, multifaceted. Whether he will be or not, I think, again, let's just go on record for this Michigan guy and say we both hated the pick. He sucks. He's going to look real crappy in summer league. And then maybe we'll have another Franz Wagner situation on our hands by proxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but be. but that's that's the reason the pick was made, right? I mean, it, it, a blind man can see the magic needs shooting. There were a litany of shooters out there to be taken, and they chose the guy that maybe was you know, you could argue is not the best shooter, but maybe has the best potential to develop additional skills. Yeah, I, I have more on that. Um, let This question just kind of popped in my head now, but because we're talking about guys potentially being pushed out, right? So how many, so going into this upcoming regular season now, this 2023, 2024 regular season, who of Fultz, Cole, Suggs, and Gary Harris won't be on this team come, come the start of the regular season, we'll say? Who of Fultz, Cole, Suggs, and Gary Harris? I have two. I think it's going to be both Cole and Gary Harris at this point. That's interesting. Uh, before the draft, I would have thought that Gary would – I would have probably said all four. Uh, I think as of today, if I had to answer the question, I would say Gary is gone. Uh, Suggs to me is the one that's interesting because, I mean, Markel basically only plays the one, right? But if you're talking about positional versatility, 
in my eyes, Suggs can only play the two just based on height and, you know, ball yes. handling. Yes. So he, to me, Gary definitely gone. Suggs would be the next one to go. But I, I think for this upcoming season, the remaining three will still be on the roster. Do you, okay. well, we'll get to this too. Do you have a landing spot for Cole yet? Mm, I, no, I haven't. I haven't thought thought it through that that hard. Um, yeah, I I haven't thought it thought it out that much. Like it's one of those where like I it could be a wide variety of things. Like he could end up in in Brooklyn. He could end up in in with the Wizards as like some type of trade where we get Daniel Gafford back. Like I I, I don't know. Like um, there's that's oh, gonna man. be the one. Like it, eventually it'll happen. I don't know if it happens this year. I mean, obviously there's a decision to be made about paying him, right? Like it's, it's, it's going to happen. And that'll be the hardest one to swallow for, I think fans and, and, and the teammates. Yeah. Look, I think Cole, I think Cole's worth a little bit more than the mid-level with potentially, but I don't want to give him that contract. Now he's got to, it's got to play out. And if he's not comfortable with that, then he's going to get chipped out. That's what it comes down to. But I need to see another season where he can be the sixth man. And this Anthony Black stuff makes things a little bit foggier. Like, look, I at the moment expect Suggs and Fultz to be the starting backcourt opening night. From there, Weldham reverted back to their old tendencies of big fucking guys at certain positions. And Black's a gigantic point guard. And then Jet Howard is potentially either a gigantic shooting guard or a still a fairly big small forward. Um and so it's weird because they're almost erasing like the past where it's like, well, we took, we drafted Cole Anthony, we drafted Chuma, who is technically was a small power forward, slow, small forward. And I mean, then he had the knee, the knee issues. And then I can also throw RJ Hampton in there where we kind of ruined him basically where we thought he, we played him at point guard when clearly he should have been a shooting guard or small forward. And now the Pistons waved him and who knows if he's going to end up on an NBA team next season. But, um, I think Weldham just reverted back to what they were stereotyped as, is good guys that are going for size and length and just potential. And I guess when you have Paolo and Franz, I, they, I you have a bit of luxury to do that, to potentially screw up. I, I don't view it like that, but um, they took swings is, is the viewpoint. I just thought they took the wrong swings with these picks. Um yeah, I mean, look, with Jet, he's he's a tall shooter. He's a Chicago kid. He went to IMG Academy. I'm not the biggest fan of IMG Academy. Um, I think his release is too slow. I think Jet Howard's release is too slow. I don't think he's that athletic. He can play as a big shooting guard. He can play small forward or small ball power forward, I guess. We didn't see him at the Combine because of, you know, I, he, he was trying to heal, I guess, from his injuries during the season. But he seems to be good to go for summer league. Like I, I'm with you. Like there could be, he could easily have an awful, horrendous summer league, like Franz Wagner did. But Franz recovered. I, you know, with Jet, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I just he moves flat footed and awkwardly, like his dad did. When when you're not looking at just the highlight clips, when you're not looking at the three point stuff, like everything else in general, like he moves flat footed. There's a lot, bit of awkwardness to his movement, just like his dad. There's some similarity, you know, with Caleb Houston, 
Like we already said it's bad news for Chuma. Like I know Chuma's got like five mil left, whatever on his deal, but he's going to get waived probably or traded for a second round pick. If we're lucky, Caleb Houston, I like magic fans are already writing off Caleb Houston, which is bullshit. Cause he barely got to play and he didn't do anything wrong. Really? Like he was given like a lot of minutes too soon when, you know, in a rough stretch of the season when we're still dealing with a ton of injuries, but I think Caleb Houston's going to be really good, but the Magic are going for these guys now that can play three or four positions, which is fine. I just I have my doubts with both Black and Howard in that regard. Like he's Howard. People noted that you know he has a lack of strength and power, uh, which is a bad combo for a tall shooting guard as well. He's going to wear thirteen, which RJ Hampton wore for us. Um, Sam Bassini noted that even when healthy. Michigan played better with Jed off the floor. So there's like a light father, like son situation. Cause Juwan, as you said, as we, as we know, was a huge empty calories player for a lot of his pro career. And he won those rings in Miami at 38, 39 years old at the end of his career when he wasn't, he didn't have a big of a role. Like that was all the big three in Miami, but you know, also there's a rumor about Jet being a bad teammate, which doesn't shock me because his dad had that problem too. Um, People are comparing Jet to Cam Johnson. I don't see it. Cam Johnson is a much more complete player. Now, he should have been because he was much more older when he was drafted. Like, Jet's 19. I think Cam Johnson was like 23, almost 24 when he got drafted. And I don't know what – I know we're doing the whole position as basketball type thing, but I think Howard's going to have to play small forward for now. Like, he's too slow for shooting guard. He's not physical enough for power forward. Like, he's battling with Caleb, Bull, Chuma – Gary, if he's still around for backup small forward minute, you know, minutes in my eyes. And I get the dribble and pull up threes can be tantalizing, but Jet has a lot of flaws to work on, like a, a lot. And you know, I, I, I you know, Weldham, they they've doing this whole again, they're going for the big size, multi-tool, multifaceted type players, um, who are whether they're raw or not, like it's they're they're going for these type of guys. But I think this means Gary Harris is gone. Like I really do. Um, like we need more vets, but either, you know, either Gary's just, I mean, Gary's young, like he's 28. I think he's going to be 29 when the new season starts. Like he deserves to be on a contender. Like I'm sure it killed him watching the nuggets win a title and he wasn't there. Like he showed up to a finals game and that, that team still loves him to death. So um, that guy should be competing now. And it looks like with how we did this draft, we're not, maybe we're not trying to go for the playoffs. Like everybody thought um, maybe the hope is playing and still developing guys. Cause I mean, am I wrong in thinking that the front office has doubts on, on the backcourt situation? Well, I mean, I think that's evident by the selections that were made and I feel bad for Caleb too, because I, I feel like he showed, I mean, the, the shooting numbers weren't particularly great, but that's small sample size, but he did a lot of things. The, the movement, the cutting off the ball, the hustle stuff that yeah. uh, I, I will have to see with my own two eyes in a professional setting to see if Jet Howard will do those extra things like Caleb did. So at that point we'd left the draft party. Everybody left the draft party. I think, I mean, the team probably would have kicked everybody out anyway, but um like clockwork, the Magic gave up uh, their 36 pick to the Bucks. The Magic received the 2030. Man, we're already doing 2030 picks. 2030 second round pick in cash considerations. And 
I mean, they were lower. Like, I think I heard the Lakers went from 47 to 40 with Indiana and they paid like $4.6 million. So whatever the max amount of money is, like, I don't know if it was five or a little more than that. Like I, I can't, I, I didn't look too hard into it, but basically we sold 36 to pay for like Amway center, like upkeep basically. Like they, I think we were, we've updated the screen outside the jumbotron outside Amway center <laughs> by I4. They're, they're sure as shit not using it for plush high quality shirts. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Your free shirt was not the greatest quality, but uh, it was made locally, but uh, yeah. The Met, you know, third the thirty six pick ended up being Andre Jackson Jr., who started for the national championship winning UConn team. Um, I could see that biting us back in the ass as well. Uh, as Waltham, I believe, have now given away seven of their eleven second round picks in their Magic tenure. They they just don't care for second round picks for the most part. And look. <sighs> We, we take this too seriously, but I mean, we're born and raised with this. Of course, we're going to take this too seriously, but this is like my sickness. Like I get angry about 19 year old kids. Like again, Anthony black looks very young. Like he's just about to start high school. Like he looks really young, but we're going to see how it plays out. But I, I have concerns and you should be okay to have concerns because I'm hearing other people and other podcasts and reading all these tweets, trying to give Weldham all this undeniable credibility and the track record is there that you can question them, be it second round picks, be it carelessness with salary cap now, because we have to start nitpicking now because we're going to have to start paying guys a ton. And then looking at past draft history, you got yep. Jonathan Isaac and you got Mo Bamba and Mo Bamba is about to move on to another team because it doesn't look like the Lakers are going to hold on to him. So um, very, very quick one for you. Yeah, very no, go quick. for it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, who has the better NBA career, Andre Jackson Jr. or Jason Preston? And can either one of them catch up to Taylor Horton Tucker? All, all three giveaways by the Magic in the second round now. Um, I'm going to say Jason Preston because uh, yeah. I, 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 I very badly want that kid to to, to figure it out. You know what? He's not. In a, he, he's starting to play pretty well in that Clipper system. I I thought. I thought so. We'll we'll see how how it plays out. Like I hope. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Jason Preston. Um, and then do does either catch Taylor Horton Tucker? Taylor Horton Tucker's pretty good. Like I, he had the weight issues early last season with the Jazz, but once he started getting in shape, like he started playing. Like I like he was playing for the Lakers uh, again, so I'm gonna say Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I don't know. You disagree with me on that? No, I have the same opinion. It makes for a terrible podcast all the time. <laughs> oh man! Um, so both Anthony Black and Jed Howard were reported have worked out for the Magic. So there's no secrets hidden there. I don't want to hear or retweets anymore about how the Magic don't leak anything agenda wise ever again. Like it, it's I I don't. That's done. I, I don't want to hear that crap because Vegas figured them out, um, at least on the Anthony Black one. Whether they play well or bad at Summer League in two weeks, like I'm going to reserve judgment either way because Franz, Franz Wagner was the biggest like litmus test for that. And, you know, it's not going to be great if Black and Howard look terrible, but I, I'm just going to reserve my judgment. We're, you know, I, 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 I think we should just not watch Summer League anymore at this point. <laughs> Finally, you've come around to my perspective years later. 
we're gonna be on like a bachelor party too for half of these games anyway. Like I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna worry too much about it. But our first Vegas summer league game for us is July eighth eighth against the Pistons. I want to see though if these kids can kind of shake off any type of tentativeness or hesitation or even you know get rid of some softness labels with them. Um, we'll, we'll see how that how that plays out. Um, but that's the frustration with this draft a little bit because we still have needs. Like we still have, need shooting. We need veterans. We need a backup center. We need rim protection. We need a rim runner, and we have rebounding needs. Like we had two lottery picks, and you could conceivably argue that we did not. We we did not address a single need. Shooting a little bit, but yeah, you know, Jet Howard's got to bring more than just that, or else he's not going to be able to stay on the floor. Um, so Shams Sharania revealed that both the cap and luxury tax for the 2023-2024 season is going to be higher than expected. So I guess that's good news for teams that were over the cap or over the luxury tax um, already. The salary cap is going to be 136 million which is 2 million more than the prior projection luxury tax wise. It's going to be 176, uh, 165 million, which is $3 million more than the prior projection. Um, the magic have contract guarantee decisions to make with free agency approaching this week. And without a magic beat reporter, because Kobe price is now covering the Lakers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much the national media guys cover these uh, decisions made by the magic. Are they going to send out tweets about, Mo Wagner and Admiral Schofield and Michael Carter Williams. Um, June 29th, Michael Carter Williams and Admiral Schofield's contracts for the 23, 24 season will become fully guaranteed if we don't decline them. Um, all right, Penny, what are your view, uh, your thoughts or viewpoints on MCW and Schofield? I think Admiral is gone and I still maintain that Michael Carter Williams is going to stay because we need any type of veteran presence and he'd be the last one if Gary Harris is gone. So also I think it's a similar situation to bowl bowl as last year, which is like, why would you hold on to him during the season if you're not going to bring him back? So I think MCW's back. Yeah. I mean, I think Admiral for sure uh, is not coming back. And we, we knew that I think there was the kind of, uh, mutual admiration thing to give him a couple extra shekels on the way out the door at the second half point, you know, tail end of last year. I, it makes sense based on the way the contract was completed and the timing of bringing Michael Carter Williams on board, that he would be here for this season too. Um, Am I changing but, your mind? Cause you thought he was gone. Yeah. I think I, I, I still think he's gone. I think, uh, it's an easy cut bait situation. And the what makes the most sense at this point is to add the veterans into the front court. Um, there's there's really, I don't know, how much, how much locker room veteran presence is he really bringing? We talked about last year that he walked the pathway of being a former rookie of the year. And maybe there's some value in that for Paolo and stuff. But uh I, I don't know. There's no minutes for him whatsoever at this point on, on the floor. No. And honestly, I don't think he needs him because he's in his early thirties now. And I think as a 15th guy, he, he like, I, I don't expect bowl bowl to get rotation minutes, but um, like MCW as the 15th guy, I think, I think he'll be fine with that because he's not going to get a job anywhere else unless Steve Clifford gives him a call, which is feasible. But um yeah, I, I, yeah, I. He's got no place else to go. That's, that's true. That's true. I just, 
if I was a betting man, I I would hate to place the bet, but I would bet on on him not being here. All right, we'll see how that plays out. June thirtieth, uh, Goga Bataze, Bull Bull, Markel Fultz, and Gary Harris's contracts for the twenty three twenty four season are guaranteed. At that point, um, I think Goga is gone. If he's gone, then Moritz Wagner, I expect to be re-signed in free agency. Like whatever, if, like if we if we hold on to Goga, then Mo might be gone because I I just can't see us keeping both. I don't know what's your viewpoint on that. Also, Mo's been working out with like some New Orleans guys, which has me a little intrigued <laughs> by that. But um, yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't I don't see Goga coming back um it was was did yeoman's work uh upon being picked up last season but the that ha- that need has to be addressed in free agency and not by retaining uh a, a very uh average replacement player I think Bull Bull stays. He's on. He's a cheap contract. Like I said, if Michael Carter Williams is the fifteenth guy, then Bull Bull is going to be the fourteenth guy. And you just you you develop him again. You have him for depth. He's like he he's an energetic, like whirling dervish of a player that you can throw in if you really need to need to change things up. And I I know like COVID. Once he got COVID, like the rest of the season really got derailed. Um. So I, I think, but even with that, like his turnovers went down and he played more controlled. Um, he just needs to lift his hand arm, lift his arm up to play defense to just contest shots. Like if he would have done that, like most Magic fans would have been fine with him coming back. Like just lift your arm up on defense, man. That's it. So challenge a shot. But I think he's back. He's, his contract is so cheap and he he's a bench filler. I don't know. What's your thought? I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up getting packaged with like Gary Harris or I, I can see Bull Bull in Washington for some reason. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, Washington is in the business of now taking on contracts and getting picks or cause I mean, they got rid of Bradley Beal. They got rid of Porzingis. Like it, it they they've cleaned house pretty quickly. So they're and they were the team in the draft. That's like, give us your shit and we'll, you know, but you're going to pay us for it when it probably should have been the Raptors, but yeah. Toronto just sat on their hands. So, but all right, Markel Fultz. Um, I still want to see him extended, but this black selection really kind of muddies the waters a bit with that. Cause Markel's $17 million should be guaranteed after this week. Like, I don't think we're going to waive him. Like if we waive him. We're only on the hook for two million um, out of that seventeen million. So, I Fultz is still a starting point guard in my eyes. Like I, I think he sticks around. Whether he gets an extension or not, we're gonna see. But I would extend Markel. Um, I don't know what's your Fultz viewpoint. I don't see a situation where like Anthony Black starting point yeah point no. guard on day one or anything. I I'm not ready to. I would not extend. Markel, you know, I would take that to the wire essentially, but okay. the, the numbers last year are, are stark striking the, the, uh, you know, Markel injury to Markel return to team performance and anyone that doesn't see that, I don't think follows the game and the team closely enough. Yeah. I mean, there's people that give like that, look at like analytical data. That's 
individually specific to Markel and they try to chop him down that way. But as a team, there is no denying his value to the magic. It is immense. And I'm sure the front office notices that. And I'm sure everybody else, you know, should as well. So Fultz should be around. Um, Gary Harris, we already talked about, like, it's interesting again, because we badly need his veteran presence, his defense, his three point shooting. Like he should be shooting more three pointers. And now, it's tough to get him minutes at the moment if you start Suggs over him. But if he can't, can't get playing time at shooting guard or small forward, be it starting on the bench, whatever, like, does he even want us to guarantee the $13 million? Like, I think Gary, I thought Gary would stay, but I think I've changed my mind. Like, I, I can't read this one. And because I don't think he's going to get anywhere near 13 million anywhere else. I don't think like it's just above mid-level exception money and like Denver can't afford him. I'm sure they'd love to get him back. Like they're going to probably lose Bruce Brown. So do they have the capability of, of bringing him back or did the magic want to do like a sign and trade Bruce Brown for Gary Harris? Like, I, I don't know how that, how, how the math works for that cap wise, but um. And I don't even think, I mean, if I, if, if we sign Bruce Brown, like I'm not starting him, like, would he be fine with that? That's the other question. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think, I think Gary's gone. I just, again, I can't read it. Like I want Gary here. I just, I don't think Gary's going to be here. I don't know. Can you give me your final opinion on, on that? I, I forgot Penny. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you and I like Gary more than probably some of the other uh, pod guys around town. Yeah. Um, the, at this point, based on the outcome of the draft, it, it just doesn't make sense. And I think the right thing to do by Gary is to ship him off somewhere, uh, you know, mutually agreed upon destination where, again, we're getting a front court guy. And he's still getting his full salary for this year. Cause I don't think I, you know, he might get 14 over two or something ridiculous, but like he's not going to get 13 million annually from anyone else right now. No, no. I'm like, yeah, no. Um, we think Chuma's out the door, but do we think he's getting waived and like, we just eat the five million, or like I doubt it. Uh, but it, it's tough to just trade him for a second rounder. Like I, I, our, his value is so low at the moment that he might he might just stick around as just some type of trade salary filler. That's the only way I can see him. And he would be honestly, he would probably be like the fourteenth guy. Like I said, Bobo would be fourteenth. Like I think Bobo would be the thirteenth guy in the bench. Yeah, Juma would be the fourteenth. And then you'd have uh, you'd have uh, MCW as the fifteenth, but like Chuma just is in trouble. Like I don't know how good his musical career is going, but I hope it's a good backup plan for him because I don't know if I don't know where he's playing in the NBA at this point. Like it's just yeah. it has not worked out for him. But I don't think he's getting waived. Like I think he'll be on the roster going into the training camp, barring some type of salary filler trade. We're, we're not ones to typically eat money like that uh, and just wave somebody, although we did acquire cash considerations for pick 36 that might pay for that, uh, you know, Shuma getting waived. But uh, I, 
I don't think that you're going to get anything other than a conditional second round pick that never conveys at best. Yeah. So it it's probably uh, either like a trade filler situation or he just sits there and rots for a year until he figures out his next career move. They did send him to Montreal, by the way, to represent the team for the, for basketball without borders. Yeah. Which <laughs> so, is very interesting. Well, it's always one of those things, right? Like they made a uh, Devin do the draft last year and then promptly uh, caught him before the season started. That's a good point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I we'll see how that plays out. Free agency. Like we talked about free agent targets a lot last pod. Um, so I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Can you lock Mo Wagner up for $5 million for a season? Like I, I hope you can, but he can't be the backup center. Like, Nas Reed is off the market as of today. I think he got three years, like 40 something million dollars, which seems a little high, actually. Um, I thought he'd get like mid-level money. He got a little more than that. I saw that Brooke Lopez was being linked to Houston. Like if Brooke Lopez is being linked to Houston, he damn sure better also be linked to us because that doesn't make sense. Like either Brooke Lopez is staying in Milwaukee or we should be, or he should be on another championship contender. Or if he's taking like money, we need to be the ones that offer that. So, um, Atlanta, the Hawks, there is what, you know, the news is out that they need to get under the luxury tax and they have a 29 year old, six foot 10 Clint Capella who is available in trades. And I am not necessarily the biggest Clint Capella guy, but if the magic are, um, and he checks off a lot of needs on paper, like, and he wants to help a division and, and Atlanta wants to help a division rival. And we want to help, want to help a division rival. Like you can trade Gary Harris and Chuma and get that done. Capella makes 20 and 20 million this upcoming season, and then 22 million uh, in his final contract year. And you can put him behind Wendell as a backup. Like you're not starting Capella, but you then have a really solid backup in Clint Capella who can start 25 games and is a great rebounder and decent rim protector. And you can throw alley-oops to him and he's shown his worth in the playoffs, be it in Atlanta or Houston. I, 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 that be, that's something I would throw out there. I don't know what more Atlanta wants. Cause I know like getting out of the luxury tax is a big deal. So yeah. Gary and Chuma might actually get it done, but um, any other big men, or any other free agent stuff on, on your plate? Like, I know we talked about it last show and, but that's what's out there right now. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll, we'll get to that on another thing, but I would just say the, the, the more it's things interesting because even 5 million for a, like he, we, we agree he can't be your backup center. But even five million to be a third string center, you're paying like the brother premium to keep Franz happy. Um, and you're talking about yeah, you are decisions that we have to make uh, and and kind of being mindful of, of salary cap expense. And you know, there's at the end of the day, there's a difference between three million, five million, two and a half million, five million. Like uh, that's I think that's a that, keeping it in the family and, and putting, you know, uh, money where your mouth is in terms of family organization. And look, he brings a lot to the table, right? I mean, mm-hmm. talk about a locker room presence and stuff, but interesting decisions. So, somebody has got to come in and be the backup 
center and presumably that person has to protect the rim and catch lobs. So figure out who it's going to be. Yeah. We'll, we'll see because the, look, a lot of news, a lot of decisions is going to come out this week, both for the magic roster and then other players on other rosters. And then we're in free agency and, you know, I don't know when we're going to do the next pod. Maybe it'll be once the first big kind of news bomb drops about either the magic signing somebody or the magic. Like maybe there's a huge news on, you know, guys that we currently have. So, but we'll see how that plays out. Like there's, there's a lot of ways we can go. I have my concerns after this draft, but we're, we're just going to see how it plays out. Like we know what we need. And if those needs don't get filled, it's tough seeing this team as a playoff team. It's tough seeing us getting into play in depending on certain decisions that happen here in the next week or two. So uh, I have one more thing before we get out of here, Penny. So uh, we're recording this again, Sunday night, June 25th. Yesterday was the 24th. The news leaked that Paolo Bencaro is picking team USA. He's actually going to play in this upcoming FIBA world cup. Las Vegas training camp for Team USA is August 3rd, so that's not too, too far off in the distance. Um, they're going to play some friendlies. They're going to play some exhibition games. They face Germany, uh, and then which Germany is going to have Franz and Mo Wagner. Uh, they'll face them in Abu Dhabi uh, August 20th, and Greece also two days before that. But uh, that's going to be for an exhibition tournament. And then the week after that is when uh, the FIBA World Cup starts. But Paolo is the first magic player to be on a senior U S team since, uh, yeah, senior U S team since Dwight Howard, um, team USA's roster for, for the 2023, actually, you know, here, Penny, what's look, I always said that it was a 50, 50 decision between Paolo pick in the U S and Italy you should pick Italy. But I mean, look, if you feel more American, pick America, you know, that's that I'm not, you know, that's how it goes. But, um, I thought the timing was weird, like from a PR perspective. I don't know if it's the greatest thing because he spent all that time in in Italy and like he's he's touring Europe, which is awesome. That that's you know he's a stud. He's gonna be marketed like crazy. Like we want that for him. Um, but like he never played for Team USA on the youth level. Like he got like his Italian passport at 16. He would have played for Italy had it not been for the pandemic. Um, and for Italy to allow lose him to to you know Grant Hill recruited recruited his ass off I guess um, I'm sure Steve Kerr helped out and all that but um, yeah it's 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 a pretty big blow for Italy because I'm not kidding Paolo Banchero could have been like the Giannis Adetokounmpo of Italy like if he if he wanted to if he went that path but you know there's a plus side for Team USA stuff now like he's in the system like he gets to now play with and learn from like a lot of other really good talented guys. Um, this roster is going to be interesting because it's going to, they're going to be favored to win the gold at the FIBA world cup, which is being played in, you know, the Philippines, Japan, and Indonesia. But um, they, sh they're, they're, the roster is interesting and you could easily see a situation where the U S does not win gold, like the roster with Paolo now, and they still have one more open spot left, I guess. So, It'll be interesting to see if they fill that with like a established veteran star or something. But they've got Paolo, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, uh, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. Who Austin Reeves, I guess, technically stood up Germany too by by joining up with Team USA. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on the Paolo stuff and the U.S. stuff? 
Yeah, I mean, the the word that you use to describe the roster is perfectly apt. It's an interesting roster and an interestingly young roster. Um, I think None of them that, have prior senior U.S. experience. That's the yeah. interesting part. The, the net benefit to Paolo is two things. One, if you place a personal importance on winning an Olympic gold medal, you probably have a better shot doing it with the U.S. than with Italy. Uh, and two, not, not maybe so much for, for this FIBA run here in the World Cup in terms of the players, although some are, are good and some are great, um, but I think more being around the program and the, you know, all-star coaching staff, I think is where, yeah. uh, and being in that system to, you know, be part of the selection pool moving forward, that's where you're probably going to see the biggest net benefit for him uh, and his game moving forward, which I think should be exciting for every Magic fan. And yeah. him, and yeah. him too, right? Of course. Yeah. There's look, there's pros and cons to, I mean, cause this kid's 20, but there, I mean, he's, he's not going to start. He's going to probably come off the bench. Um, there's pros and cons to that pros is, you know, he's not going to get worn out with a ton of minutes as he would had he picked Italy, you know? Um, but the cons are he's, he may not get a lot of touches and he, if it goes bad, it could be a frustrating experience. You know, that's, that's how these go. Like if, if it's all great, if, uh, and fine and dandy, if, if you win gold, but if you don't that, you know, that, that get that gets toxic. So we'll see, uh, any final thoughts on anything before we get out of here, Penny? <laughs> uh, I got thoughts. We'll, we'll save them for another pot. I feel like we touched on everything we came to talk about. All right. Again, we hope we're proven wrong about Anthony black and Jed Howard, but there's, there's concerns out there. So we'll, we'll see. Um, again, we're more than happy to apologize or to, to say we're wrong. Like we did that with Franz Wagner, but you know, I, I tend to think we tend to be more right than wrong. Actually, when it comes historically to magic players and magic decisions and all that. So Anyway, that'll do it for this episode. If you're still listening, we thank you very much for your time, subscriptions, high ratings, positive comments, all help this podcast ranking immensely. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go magic.